0: Welcome to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFBa, Brought to you by EV Mobility, here to keep you moving. For daily life, travel, or just having fun, visit goevmobility.com. Over the next hour, you'll be introduced to business and local leaders impacting our community. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. Or comment on Facebook at WFEA 1230. Now, the host of Town Talk, Ted Schubel.
1: Mary Washington Healthcare, our focus this morning, and we are going to learn about physical medicine. And I can say that I didn't know much about physical medicine, but we're going to learn it today. Dr. Rachel Coggins is here. Dr. Coggins, it's good to have you here. Good morning.
2: Thank you. Good morning.
1: So, so physical medicine, is this something that... Uh, are people like me I when I when I when I when I saw you in the lobby when you came in this morning I said I had never I had not heard about this now it, it, once I I read up a little bit about it 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 makes sense but I I don't I'd never heard of it
2: Yeah it's something um that not a lot of people have heard of it's kind of one of those specialties where we can do a lot but um people don't necessarily realize what it is so we can do everything from um sports medicine to stroke rehabilitation spinal cord rehabilitation um help take care of brain injuries and cancer patients, kind of run the gamut of all kinds of patients to take care of any problems that they're having with function.
1: How did you decide to get involved with with physical medicine?
2: Yeah, I went to um, an osteopathic medical school where we really focused on kind of the whole person and how a person functions. And it just seemed like a really good pathway into physical medicine um, because that's kind of the philosophy of both physical medicine and osteopathy so it really worked out well um, and was a good pathway into my residency choice.
1: So, in in the in the sort of the, the line of things of when, uh, when if if I've got an issue and, and and I come to you or do I come to you right away or am I referred to you or where where, where do you kind of fit in the in the timeline here?
2: Yeah, it could be either. Um, okay, you know, I have some patients who have something going on and they know about me, so they just come to me. Um, other times, it's someone's primary care physician or. Someone specialist who will refer them to me if they're having some sort of problem with their function, like um, getting around, and they might need some physical therapy, or if they're having some sort of pain somewhere and might need some therapy for that. Um, so I can fit in kind of in either place um, and then help coordinate all of the um, therapies, medications, anything like that that they might need.
1: Okay, so you're not doing surgery or anything like that. This is all you're 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 working with with a person, but not through surgery.
2: Exactly. Yep not through surgery
1: so uh, what's the difference between what you do and say a physical therapist' I'm, I'm guessing that, that you're you're doing you're providing a little bit more more care and in and, and doing more things than, than, than a person who does physical therapy
2: yep um, so I help take care of the patient from the medical side so I can make those referrals to physical therapy okay. but then I'll also manage their medications I'll diagnose them um, if they have some sort of musculoskeletal issue, or I can take care of any complications that come up after a stroke or um, any other disease process as well. So I can help from Um, managing medications, making sure that they have any sort of equipment order that they might need. Mm -hmm. I do bracing and things like that as well, as well as help manage therapies and coordinate with that whole team.
1: Boy, it must be incredibly satisfying when you see someone who comes to you really struggling with with, with whatever. And we'll we'll get into some of these specific things too as we go along this morning. But when you are able to help them and they can start doing things again.
2: It is. Absolutely. I um, wanted to get into this because I felt like this was a good opportunity to help people mm-hmm. um, with some things that they might think that this is just what they live with now. Um, and I thought that was a really good opportunity to get in and help them realize, no, we can do something about this, and you don't have to live with this for the rest
1: of your life. Well, one of the things besides your name is uh, the letters D-O. What's that mm-hmm. what's that stand for?
2: Yeah, so I'm a doctor of osteopathy, I meaning I went to an osteopathic medical school. Um, so it's the same curriculum as a um Regular allopathic or MD-type medical school, we just add in um, kind of learning about osteopathy, which is manual medicine and kind of focusing on the whole person and treating function as well.
1: Well, there's another word I don't know that I've ever said (laughs) or heard, and I don't think I want to try right now, but osteopathy. That's why I didn't want to say it, but would so what, as, as you get involved with this and, and and just like like your courses, what what kind of courses did you take as, as all through medical school?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we took all the all the standard ones. Uh, we did all of the anatomy and yeah. the biochem and all of that stuff, and then we add in um, osteopathic manipulation. So it's kind of using the person's body to help. Um, heal itself almost and to help maintain its function. So we do different kinds of maneuvers, um, kind of similar to chiropractic work, um, but a little bit more Mm -hmm. specialized. Um, We do a lot of different maneuvers that are pretty gentle. We can also do some other things, too, to help make sure the body's kind of in balance and that it's functioning correctly.
1: Well, you do a lot of things then. I mean, you, you really are involved in really a wide range of of things uh mm-hmm. to to help get the patient you know back working again.
2: Mhm. Yep, there's a um it's pretty broad what physical medicine can do. So involved yeah. in a lot of things.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's it, it seems it seems like that has 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 physical medicine been something at, at Mary Washington for a while?
2: Um no, it hasn't um been around for too long. Okay. Um, so it's a newer service line that we're offering, but I think it could be really beneficial for pretty much all patients.
1: Now, I was just going to say that was just that was my my next thing. That this this sounds like something that that a lot of people. It's a good starting point, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you're able to to get someone going and and keep them going and kind of point them in the right direction.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the goal at least. <laughs>
1: Well, the, uh, we're, we're talking with Dr. Rachel Coggins. She is with, uh, Mary, Washington, uh, with Mary Washington Physical Medicine. So you, so you said sometimes you're referred, sometimes people come to you.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, frequently it's a referral from a primary care doctor or another specialist who thinks that I might be able to help. Um, but there are some people who just know that I'm here in the community and know that what I can do so I don't have to have a referral. Um, anyone can make an appointment with me.
1: Okay. We're going to continue on. You mentioned uh, your work with uh, stroke and cancer patients. We'll get in and, and, and talk about some of the, the specifics there. Dr. Rachel Coggins here this morning. Quick break. We'll be right back on News Talk 1230
0: WFVA. You're listening to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Brought to you by EV Mobility, here to keep you moving for daily life travel, or just having fun, visit GoEVMobility.com. Got a question for today's guest? Text the studio now at 540-371-5756. Here's the host of Town Talk, Ted Shubel.
1: Mary Washington Healthcare Focus and uh, Mary Washington Physical Medicine. Dr. Rachel Coggins is, is here this morning. So when you were a, when you were a little girl, did you always want to be a doctor?
2: For the most part, yes. Okay. Um, you know, I at one point thought I was going to be this basketball star, and that didn't quite pan out. But <laughs> otherwise, um, I always was interested in medicine. My family's in healthcare, care. Um, so I, I did go to engineering school, but that ended up leading me into medical school.
1: So. Wow, that's interesting. It's, it's so interesting because when in, in, in talking to doctors, so so many, this is something that, 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 that does go way back. And a lot of it, it does kind of go back to getting an influence from your family
2: it does yeah my um parents are pharmacists and my mom's a nurse practitioner so yeah okay um i was kind of enmeshed in medicine from a very young age i can remember going to work with my parents if we had a day off school or if someone Mm -hmm. was sick so um i had an experience with medicine starting really young and um it just kind of stuck with me, and I realized that was what I wanted to do.
1: But and and the, the other thing, and I I just have such admiration for anyone that goes into medicine and gets to to are at, because it's it's a long it's a long grind.
2: It is. It's uh, quite a few years. Um, you know, with the four years of undergrad and then of medical school yeah. and then of residency. So it's it's a long time, but it's definitely worth it.
1: So you mentioned in the in, in the last segment, you talked about um, working with with what you do as with uh, with physical medicine, with, with stroke and cancer patients. Talk mm-hmm. talk about that. And in, uh, in, in what I, I, I can see it definitely with with uh, stroke patients, that that would be something that uh, where, where you would fit right in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with stroke patients, there's a lot of things that we can help with to get people um, a little bit more functional. So even if their stroke really affected how they're able to walk, we can still help them be more independent with their function. So maybe we'll get them some different equipment to be able to um, do some activities during the day, like be able to get dressed or be able to Mm -hmm. push a wheelchair by themselves or something like that. Um, And we can also help with medicines for any sort of um, pain or spasticity or something like that that they're having that's really impacting their life. Um, And then with my cancer patients, um, there's a lot going on. With people who have cancer, their first focus is frequently, let's get through this cancer. Let's get this treated and move on. Yeah. Um, But sometimes within that, within the treatment, different things come up. So they'll have pain from a surgery or a procedure. Mm -hmm. Their chemo is causing side effects, so they're tired all the time, or they have some numbness and tingling now. Um, Or surgery and treatment might have caused lymphedema or swelling in their arm, which can really impact someone's life. So I... Help out with that and help manage those people. If someone comes in with lymphedema, that can really impact their life. People might not want to wear short sleeves anymore because people can see their arm really swollen. So I help talk to them about what that diagnosis is and make sure they get the equipment they need and coordinate all of the therapies so that they can get back to doing the things they want to do um, and not be so affected by their diagnosis anymore.
1: When someone has that, does that does that does that stay permanently or is that is that just during treatment?
2: Um, So lymphedema is frequently permanent, but we can manage it. Um, So we can help to get the swelling to significantly improve, if not resolve, um, so we can improve it to the point where it's going to be more comfortable, and then sometimes you just have to wear a special kind of sleeve over your arm to help keep it down. Um, So it's frequently permanent, but it's definitely manageable.
1: So I'm guessing, and I've not ever seen an example of this, but that it's, it's swollen quite a bit.
2: It can be, yep. Um, hope, our goal is to get people early enough that it doesn't um, isn't really affecting them yet, and start treating it then because mm-hmm. it makes it easier to manage. Um, however, we do see people who come in with a pretty swollen arm, and so we need to talk with them and work with them to get that swelling down, and then how to manage it moving forward because it's something that will need to be managed on a day to day basis typically.
1: Is it is that something that's a result of chemo or how how does that how does it occur?
2: Yeah, it can be a result um of a surgery if there were a lot of lymph nodes taken out or it can okay. also be a result of radiation as well. I mean it just depends on a patient's risk factors and exactly what treatment they had. So Kind of educating patients early on what to look for is important so that we can start managing it as early as possible because that gives us the better outcomes.
1: What does a person look for? I mean, did you start noticing that all of a sudden it's you're you're getting some swelling and it's staying?
2: Um yeah, frequently people will notice swelling. A lot of the times patients will just come in and say that their arms feel really heavy okay. um, on the side that they had the surgery or the yeah. um, treatment. And that's frequently the first sign is that they'll say it just feels a little bit heavier than the other side. You don't really see any swelling, but we can start treating at that point to hopefully prevent them from having any noticeable swelling in the arm.
1: Is it, is it painful at all?
2: Not usually. No, nope. okay. it's usually painless.
1: Yep. Uh, as far as what what you do with, with uh, stroke patients, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Coggins, I mean— is that, so much more is known about strokes. And I know that the, the treatment continues to, to improve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and what, what what oftentimes, you know, years ago was you, you stay in this place. A lot of times treatment with stroke patients, they, they, they can make some improvements.
2: They can, yep. And I think an important part of that is talking to them early about kind of what to expect and what um, the expected pattern is going to be for how they recover mm-hmm. if they have a lot of weakness or something like that. Um, beginning those conversations early and helping them get the therapies that they need early on, so we can maximize on that progress is really beneficial
1: But I would think that when you have people come in, especially stroke and cancer patients uh, and like, you you say, you know it is like we, especially with cancer patients of let 's let 's just try to get through the treatment but uh these are heavy topics and to have to be dealing with things I mean it's 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 hard to do. I mean I, I think I guess partly you know you're you're doing the medical side but you're also trying to be a trying to be a cheerleader and uh, just try to keep spirits up to, to to get through some of this.
2: Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Um I like to try to focus on the whole patient because if they're not feeling well kind of emotionally and they're very stressed out about this new diagnosis or what's currently mm-hmm. going on in their lives that can really impact how they're how they're doing in other ways. Um, so making sure they have all the resources that they need. If they want to talk to someone, I can get them set up with a counselor or something like that just to make sure we're treating everything about the patient, not just a very specific problem.
1: Well, and I guess that that, that is to, to have a counselor and be, to be able to to have them, besides what, besides what you can do, um, is, is important just so they can work through all of this.
2: It is. It is. Because a lot of the time we'll find that someone's you know, not coping very well with their diagnosis. And that's kind of slows down how they're going to progress with their therapies or with yeah. the rest of their treatment. So getting um, them involved with counseling, if they need it, can be really helpful to make sure that they're um, going to do well in all aspects of their treatment.
1: Well, and the other thing, when you, it, it, especially you mentioned with, with cancer patients and with stroke patients too, a lot of times, I guess, when, when you're working with people at the time, they just don't feel good they're mm-hmm. just they're just struggling along and you know it might be in in, in dealing with this is something totally new and it's uh, sometimes hard to just push through.
2: It can be. So we usually have a a good conversation about that and how you know those feelings are expected after you have a yeah. life-changing diagnosis it's expected that you're not going to be happy all the time. So kind of talking about how to deal with that but also put the focus on recovery and making sure that you're doing the things you need to do um, is something that we talk
1: about. Well, and you mentioned a life-changing diagnosis. Boy, and in, in, in especially in, in these particular cases, that's that's what it is when you're when, – n- n- no matter what – either one, cancer patients or stroke patients, um, they, they've dealt with something that's life-changing.
2: They have, yep, and it can really impact life in all, all different kinds of ways. You know, if they're not able to move the way they were before if – um, it's affected their ability to speak. It can really affect someone's life in different ways. Um, so there's a lot to take care of and make sure that they're getting everything that they need.
1: Yeah. it Has this, has the the whole area of physical medicine, we, we, it, has it changed a lot in recent years or what you, what you do has, some of the basics of what you do has stayed the same?
2: Um, I would say the basics are, are the same. We try to maximize someone's function and make sure they can do the things they want to do, but... Some of the ways we go about that have definitely changed over recent years. Um, you know, we have different options now for therapies. We have different mm-hmm. um, equipment options that we can offer people. Different medications. Um, so the basics are definitely the same, but we are evolving all of the time.
1: Well, and you're dealing not only, with, I guess, I would think, not only with the patient, but also a caregiver or family members with with what you with with what you're doing.
2: Yep, I frequently um, have to kind of help out the caregiver or the family member, especially if um, the patient has had something really severe happen, like a bad brain injury or Mm -hmm. a a stroke where they're needing a lot of help. Um, We also help the caregiver to make sure that they can do the things they need to do. Can they help move the patient if they need to? Or um, are they able to get them to appointments, things like that? And depending on what's going on with them, we have options um, such as social work and things like that who can help. To coordinate everything and make sure they're getting the services they need for both the patient and the caregiver, and we have support groups and things like that as
1: well. But well, you, you really are involved in a lot of different, a, a, a lot of you wear you wear a lot of different hats, and, and 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 obviously no no day or no patient is ever the same for you.
2: That's true. Yep. Um patients even if they have the same diagnosis frequently don't present the same way. Right. So um, it's always a little bit different.
1: With, with what people do and when you're dealing with, with, with physical medicine, and you, you sort of touched on this a second ago, I think, but how important is it to have just the right frame of mind or the family to have the right frame of mind going into a lot of what you do?
2: Yeah, I think it's really important um, to have everyone on the same page and to know what the goals are is really important. So if there's differing opinions um, within patient and their family, I'll usually have a conversation and make sure we can come up with the goals that the patient wants to have. Because, you know, in the end, it's all about what the patient wants and needs. So we need to make sure we're all working together to help them to, um, you know, live the life they want to be.
1: It really is a team. It really is a, a, a team kind of thing.
2: It is. It's definitely a team approach, um, which is why I like physical medicine so much, because I get to work with everyone. I get to work with the like physical and occupational therapists and speech therapy, um, with the case managers and... Um, with the nursing staff as well as the referring physicians as well, we get to work as a big team.
1: Well, you do have an enthusiasm about this; you can just tell. That this is <laughs> this is something. This is something you like. And uh, again, I'm sure it does go back. I mean, it's got there, there. can't be much better than when when you really see someone, someone who comes to grips and is able to to, to get you know to, to be able to do you know what, what, what some of your what, what some of the goals are here.
2: Yeah, I think that is definitely um uh, one of the reasons I went into medicine was to try to help people and then luckily I found this specialty which is um that's kind of the the main idea of it is to be able to help people live the kind of life that they want to be living. So it is really nice whenever the things that we try to do really help someone and um give them some of that quality of life back.
1: Well, and we're fortunate. That we're fortunate to have you in physical medicine in this area. This is another one of another one of those things I think that we just you just take for granted, but then all of a sudden you have a life changing situation for for you and your family, and, and you're here and uh, can can be treated with this right here. You don't have to go somewhere else.
2: Yep, yep, it is um, now here locally, so we can kind of coordinate the care through the Mary Washington system. Um, we have pretty much everything that someone would need, yeah. which is great.
1: Your your office is over in the the the, the Mary Washington Healthcare Complex over there.
2: Um, My um, office is at Lee's Hill.
1: Okay, Lee's Hill.
2: Yep, and then I do um, some inpatient work at the hospital, so I go between both locations.
1: We are talking with uh, Dr. Rachel Coggins this morning with uh, Mary Washington Physical Medicine. We will continue along and uh, continue more on this on uh, News Talk 1230 WFBA. It is coming up on 829 this morning.
2: Okay, listen, we got to talk about something.
1: Talk
0: done right. News Talk 1230 WFBA Fredericksburg, a centennial broadcasting station. This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA, brought to you by EV Mobility, here to keep you moving. For daily life, travel, or just having fun, visit goevmobility.com. Miss an episode of Town Talk? No problem. Just subscribe to the Town Talk podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now... The host of Town Talk, Ted Shubel.
1: Mary Washington Healthcare. Our focus this morning, and our special guest is Dr. Rachel Coggins. She's with Mary Washington Physical Medicine, and uh, that that is uh, our focus this morning. I would think, Dr. Coggins, that uh, the all through the pandemic, that created, I mean, created challenges for all of us. But I would think, especially in your case too, there had to be a few challenges.
2: Definitely. There were uh, absolutely a few challenges. Um, You know, we tried to keep the safety of everyone kind of at the forefront. So whenever I could do remote visits, um, we would do that. I do do some telemedicine. Um, However, there are some things that we can't really work out through video. Um, So whenever we would have patients come into the office, we were just very careful with our masking policy and just keeping everything as safe as we could for people um because there are some patients we do need to see in person to be able to be accurate with their diagnosis and with helping them with what we need to so
1: i know that telemedicine was something at least before the pandemic anyway that i you i would hear about but it usually was like in rural areas or, or, or something like that is it was is telemedicine is that, is that is that hard to get used to doing it that way
2: um i thought it would be but it was actually pretty intuitive um to okay. get used to um Especially whenever we'd be doing like a video call, it was really easy. I could mm-hmm. see the patient; they could see me. Yeah. Um. So the first one or two were a little bit uh, took some getting used to, but they did get much better after that. And now it's just kind of another, just another appointment of the day.
1: Is is do you see something like telemedicine as something that uh, that that will continue in some cases?
2: I think it will, um, especially for those patients who, you know, live further away or, you know, don't aren't able to easily get to the office because of whatever they have going on if they're not as mobile. Yeah. Um, I do think telemedicine will be something that we continue to use to make sure we can get them access to health
1: care. Boy, in the in the early days of the pandemic, as as we all just tried to figure out how we were going to do things and, and and how we were going to get along I, I just can't it just had to be so difficult because with with what you were doing Time doesn't stand still. You gotta, you gotta keep going on, and you, you you can't just ignore certain things with with what you're doing.
2: Right? Yeah, it was tough in the beginning um, because you know, with my specialty, we try to maximize on progress. Yeah. Um, you know, not everything can be kind of left and picked up later, um, especially with my stroke patients and things like that. We really need to try to take what function that they have now and what improvements that they've made, yeah. and maximize on those because. Um, you know, we don't always have that opportunity later in the course. So, it was difficult in the beginning figuring out how to do that, um, especially if people who needed to go to therapies or something like that and were a little bit hesitant to be going out places. So, we had to have a lot of discussions about kind of risk and benefit of things and um we came up with some strategies for people to do things at home,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, which was nice, but it was definitely difficult in the beginning.
1: As someone who works with with patients that that uh require therapy and i will say right off that, that, that this whole question sort of centers around me because i had to do physical therapy in the in the fall and in the early part of the year and i was a terrible patient because i didn't always do my i didn't always do my homework how important is it when you're in therapy to when, when you say this is what i want you to work on to work on it and not wait till the next appointment and then just say and you know you, you can obviously see when people are are working on it not working on it
2: Yep. The homework is important. I will admit that. Um, you know, there's only kind of a certain amount of time that you can go to therapy and work with the therapist yeah. there. So doing the exercises they give you at home really helped to kind of build on what you did in person with them. So it is important to do those things at home, even though I know it can be hard to take the time out of the day to do them because we don't usually want to.
1: No, but I was terrible. It is
2: definitely important. To do I was them. terrible,
1: but I found that the weeks I did it, that you could see some improvement.
2: Yep, absolutely, and that's what usually gets um, patients motivated to do it. They'll notice that, hey, I did these exercises at home last week, and then this appointment went better. So, yeah, um, that can definitely be a motivating factor.
1: Dr. Rachel Coggins here with Mary Washington uh, Physical Medicine on News twelve thirty W F V A. When we, we, as we talked about stroke and in those kind of things, um, I guess brain injury is is an area that, that that you do quite a bit with, whether it's stroke or whether it's some other form of brain injury.
2: Yep, I um, take care of strokes as well as brain injuries, whether they're um, like a traumatic brain mm-hmm. injury from a car accident or something like that or, um, you know, acquired some other way. Um, and I, the one thing I really like about my job is that I can start taking care of these patients in the hospital. Um, so I've had some brain injuries that I take care of in the hospital, mm-hmm. and I can help make their rehab recommendations to make sure they're getting to the appropriate level of care afterwards. And then it's nice, um, you know, I've gotten to follow one through the inpatient stay and then they went to rehab and did really well. And now I get to follow them through my clinic as well. And so it's really nice to see the progress that they've made um, over, you know, the last few months to be able to see, oh, you weren't, you know, in the hospital it was a completely different picture yeah. than today. So it's really nice to see how whenever we get people the care that they need and, Make sure they get the rehab that they need. They can really progress back to back to normal, essentially.
1: When you when you are doing, say, brain injury rehab, what, what are how what are some of the things that that, that you do to try to? I, I, I can't imagine mm-hmm. what 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 some of the things you would do as far as is yeah. for a brain injury.
2: Yes, yeah, so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, depending on the brain injury and what kind of problems came up because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we I help coordinate all of the therapies. So if there was some weakness that resulted from it, I'll make sure that the patient gets into physical therapy or if they're having trouble with kind of their daily living activities, so like getting dressed, being able to hold a toothbrush or a fork or something like that yeah. because we don't think of, mm-hmm. um, we'll get them into occupational therapy because they are very helpful for that. And then um, one of the other big things with brain injury that we have to take care of is kind of cognition and thinking and... Um, speech. So brain injuries will frequently affect those things. So coordinating with speech therapists and starting medications if we need to um, is a big part of brain injury. You
1: know, I've, I've heard in the past that uh, the brain injury and just what, what we know and, and how you're able to treat it, that, that's an area that has really, has really changed over the years and, and we know so much more.
2: It has. Yeah. Um, A few years ago or maybe longer than that now, um, there was a lot of work with concussion. Yeah. um, And talking about like second hit syndrome and kind of looking at how does how do brain injuries evolve over years? And so we have learned a lot about kind of what to expect and what are risk factors for, um, you know, brain injury. Why getting a second brain injury on top of an initial one is a Mm -hmm. really bad thing. Um, We've definitely learned quite a bit about how the brain works and um, kind of what we can do to help it um, recover after these kind of injuries. As
1: a huge football fan and a season ticket holder at UVA, I like football, but it was a happy day when my son said, I don't want to play football anymore because I had seen – I mean there's just a – with what you read, and and I know helmets have changed and in and, and, and things, but um, boy, those those kind of things, they, concussions, we concussions are just a bad thing.
2: Yeah, concussions are definitely very serious, and um,
1: we didn't always look at it that way. We
2: didn't. That's for sure. Um, so you know, we definitely have very specific protocols now for um, when someone gets a concussion, you know, in sports or if it was from a car accident or something like yeah. that, and um, talking to them and really discussing what that means, what that concussion is, and how important it is to kind of do the right things to get back on track, so these symptoms that hang around, like headaches or trouble thinking or something yeah. like that, so that they can resolve and not kind of stick with the patient for months.
1: Yeah, boy, concussions are something. Whether it's somebody you know or you you, you read things about about football players and just just down the line that uh, you start getting several concussions and you start to worry about you start to worry about what what could happen.
2: Absolutely. Yep, and there's um, you know, I talk to all of my patients who have concussions whether they're sports players or not yeah. about how important it is to not take big risks that could result in another mm-hmm. concussion. Um especially within that first, you know, couple week time frame when you're recovering from yeah. the first one, but just in general, um you know, we don't want to keep injuring the brain over and over and over. Yeah, um, because that can lead to definite problems down the line.
1: Do you deal with a lot of athletes? And you do deal with a lot of sports things? It seems like you you might.
2: I can. Yep. Um, for the most part, I end up dealing with concussions from things like car accidents or other things like that. But um, you know, I have had the occasional athlete come in to see me after a concussion as well
1: yeah no, it just seems like that that uh, with with a lot of, of of what you do with with, with certain with certain injuries, but but brain injuries though are, are are something that I would think that if if you have had a concussion or some kind of a, a brain injury that you do want to have it looked at mm-hmm. and you want to be under the care of a doctor.
2: Absolutely. Yep. You want to be talking to your doctor, whether it's your primary care, if it's an athlete, talking to the, you know, team doctor to make sure that everything is going well, especially before going back to sports or something like that. We need to make sure that everything is recovered before going back to back to play.
1: We are talking uh, to Dr. Rachel Coggins here this morning with uh, with Mary Washington Physical Medical Care. You're you're located at uh, Empire Court, 4548 Empire Court. Mm -hmm. And that's over by Fredericksburg Academy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yep. over in that Close area. By. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, just interesting stuff, and 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 just the 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 wide variety of of, of people that, that that you see. And again, it's just so important to emphasize that uh, this kind of treatment is uh, is is available in the area. And uh, hats off to Mary Washington Healthcare for continuing to look and, and you know add add on and and, and add things. And, uh, and to have someone like you around.
2: Yeah, it's been great so far. I've really enjoyed um, working with Mary Washington and being in Fredericksburg. Um, so it's been a, a great setup so far.
1: You have sort of touched on it as we've gone along, but um, I haven't asked you like specifically what you really like about what you do. What, what, what do you like about your job?
2: Yeah, I think I really like the variety of patients that I get to see. Um, you know, I really like the things that we've talked about already. I really like talking taking care of stroke patients and cancer patients and brain injuries. I take care of spinal cord injuries as well. And so the variety of patients that I get to see every day is definitely one of my favorite parts of the job um, and getting to kind of just help people get back to normal things. Because we take a lot of things for granted, like getting up and being able to get dressed on your own, being able to brush your teeth on your own. Yeah. That's something we don't even think about, um, but that can really be hard for some people. So being able to help just even – Attain those normal activities um, independently or mostly independently is one of my favorite parts of my job. Just getting people back to the kind of things we take for granted every day.
1: Yeah. No. You 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 described uh, early on and talked about you you deal deal with people with life changing kind of situations. And when you're faced with that, it does take some time to kind of kind of come to grips with it. But to have have someone like someone like yourself to be working with is is uh, is Part of the battle to be able to, to just have a, ha, have a have a have have an attitude about it but then but then also have a plan of, of how to how to try to restore what you can
2: right and that's yeah that's one of the big parts that i like about my job is trying to help these people navigate through this this initial diagnosis and then also following them lifelong for a lot of people too so i get to see how hmm. people make progress and um you know, see how they are able to kind of live their lives down the line.
1: I never thought of that. Some of this probably would be lifelong because this isn't some of what you do is not something that you you do for two, three months and then and then move on. Some you would, but but others probably not.
2: Yep, absolutely. Especially the people with um, a more debilitating diagnosis. I Mm -hmm. tend to see them, you know, Pretty frequently to make sure things are going well do we yeah. need to change the plan anything like that
1: and I'm sure you get to know the family pretty well too at times with, with certain one of the, certain of these patients yeah
2: certain situations you know certain uh, family members will always come to the appointment so it's like I get to catch up with the patient and family which is really nice
1: yeah I, get, I guess I and mean, I like it's interesting that you you not only see them you know at, at your office but you're going to the hospital and so you, you do get around move around a lot
2: Yep. I also do inpatient consults at the hospital. So, um, you know, the primary team taking care of someone there might see that they need rehab or have some other sort of functional need and they'll get me involved. So I get to start from the beginning with these patients, which is really nice and kind of go through the whole course with them from hospital to rehab to clinic.
1: Dr. Rachel Coggins with Mary Washington Physical Medicine is here. We'll take a quick break and uh, wrap this up this morning on News Talk 1230 WFVA.
0: Welcome back to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFEA. Brought to you by EV Mobility, here to keep you moving. For daily life, travel, or just having fun, visit goevmobility.com. You can weigh in about today's Town Talk topic on Facebook at WFEA 1230. Now your
1: host Ted Schubel. We are talking uh, Mary Washington Healthcare and Mary Washington Physical Medicine this morning. Dr. Rachel Coggins is here, and uh, Dr. Coggins, I'll let you say one more time because I, this, you were one of the you're one of uh, doesn't it, it does happen frequently, but uh, physical medicine was just not a term I had been aware of. And describe again what you what you do.
2: Yeah, so physical medicine um, is basically the. The medical specialty that takes care of a person's function. So making sure that people can get around okay, whether that's walking or maybe they need equipment to do so. And making sure that people can do all of those activities um, in their daily lives, like dressing, bathing, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Making sure that people are able to function at the level that they want to.
1: So if if I've got an issue, and we've we've talked about uh, all all these different issues, Um, do I automatically get you or should I say I would like to talk to someone in physical medicine?
2: Yeah, um, you know, depending on if you're seeing another doctor at that point or if you're just, you know, you realize you have this problem and you need to see someone, it could go either way. So your doctor can refer you to me um, or you can always call and make an appointment and we can see what's going on
1: just go to the uh, the Mary Washington healthcare site and uh there are there are um all all kinds of information on 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 how to get a, get a hold of people but uh what you provide i mean you as we have talked about this morning i mean you you really are providing a, a wide range of uh of, of services to help just a, a number of situations
2: yep i um can take a lot of different problems. Um, some of the big ones that I take care of are things like stroke or brain injury or, um, cancer, anything that comes up from cancer treatment or, um, surgeries or anything that goes along with that. Um, I also take care of spinal cord injuries um, kind of generalized deconditioning mm. in patients who have been sick or maybe were in the hospital and aren't getting around quite as well anymore i can yeah. help with all of that as well
1: is there is there an area and i this is like an awkwardly worded question i see. i hate to say so what's you know what's your favorite thing but it's, you, you hate to say it's not your you know your favorite ailment but but when you can are, are, is there are there certain areas that that, that you really like to jump into and, and help a patient
2: um i really enjoy cancer rehab um Kind of from that perspective, I like that, you know, there's a lot going on usually with these patients. Yeah. There's a lot of doctors involved. There's a lot of treatment going on at the same time. So I feel like sometimes the things that are bothering them, they kind of set to the side because they're like, well, I need to get through my mm-hmm. chemo or my radiation right. or what have you. Um And so I like being involved with that because those are things that can really be impacting their life, but they think aren't quite as important yet. Um, so being able to get involved and help work those problems out and get them feeling better, um, that's one of my favorite things to do.
1: Well, and, and so often when we have, uh, have doctors come in, we'll, we'll talk about all the preventative things you should do of, of exercise and don't smoke and all of those kind of things with, in, in your case, I would think instead of talking about that, it's important to, to get treatment right away for some of these things, not to try to, not to put a, not to put it off.
2: For sure. Yep. Um, the sooner the better is what I say, especially with, you know, things that come up as a result of a stroke or cancer yeah. or a brain injury, because we want to treat them in the beginning instead of waiting for so long um, that we can't really take advantage of the progress that the patient is making.
1: I would say especially in st- with with stroke patients, I know it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's important to, to get involved early on.
2: Absolutely. Yep. We want to get involved early on so we can take um, advantage of that window of recovery to make sure that we are doing as much as we can in that time frame.
1: And boy, cancer patients are are, are tough because like you say, there's there's... In, in that area, there's, there's so much going on. And you, you mentioned just how you have counselors are, are, are available to help, and I'm sure that they play a key role in, in, in helping you with, with the whole process.
2: Mm-hmm. Our cancer center um, at Mary Washington is great. They have a lot of resources for patients. Um, we have counseling. We have yeah. different programs that they can go to. Um, so it's been really beneficial working with them so we can make sure we're taking care of everything that the patient needs.
1: Well, when I saw this last week and I saw, I saw physical medicine, I just thought this is going to be interesting because I, I don't I, – I have never seen that that particular term. But has it been around a long time?
2: It has been, yep. Um, and it's one of those specialties where um, we do a lot, but people don't always necessarily know our name.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was just yeah. going I just was was thinking that. And I'm sure a lot of times you are involved in this and, and, and probably the primary care doctor or somebody like that, Garrett, or, mm-hmm. or some kind of a specialist sometimes gets gets some of the credit.
2: <laughs> sometimes, but they – they usually uh, make sure the patients are seeing us when they need to.
1: Well, it's great to have you in the community. You've said you've been, you've been here for a little bit, and uh, it's, it's, it's good to have you here. Again, your offices are at uh, 4540 at Empire Court in that area that's over by, uh, by uh, Fredericksburg Academy and all. So um, thank you for what you're doing, what you provide the community, because this is, a, again, one of those huge things that's in the community. And in the past, we might have had to go elsewhere to get it, and we don't. We can be treated locally, and especially for a lot of these things that you would think is important to be treated locally.
2: Yeah, I've really enjoyed um, being in Fredericksburg, and I hope to be here for a long time to be able to provide this kind of care for my patients.
1: Dr. Rachel Coggins is with Mary Washington Physical Care. If uh, you or a family member or a friend or someone you know that may need some help, uh, give her, check it out and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and get with her. Dr. Coggins, it's great to have you here. Thank you for coming in this morning. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. We'll see you in the morning.
0: Thanks for listening to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFEA. Brought to you by EV Mobility, here to keep you moving. For daily life, travel, or just having fun, visit goevmobility.com. The views expressed by the host and guests on this program are their own, and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or Centennial Broadcasting. Hear Town Talk anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. The Glenn Beck program is next on News Talk 1230 WFBA.